You're listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. You're listening to Somebody Likes It. Uh, if you got something to say, send us an email at messagesomebody@gmail.com or check us out on Facebook. We are equally parts wiggity and whack. Hey, Shane, we're on. Oh, what? Shit. God damn it. Just yeah. uh, lack of practice. We haven't been here in a couple weeks. It's been a while. Yeah. Anyhow, been a while. I missed hey, you remember guys. That? Remember that band? I don't remember who they are, but it's been a while, like Stained or something. I don't <clears> know. Well, it's been a while. Yeah, yeah basically. It's yeah. one of those, like. Uh, it's very cool when you when you sang that just then, you like you moved your hands like, yeah. like Beavis did on yeah. Beavis and Butthead. It's been a while. Yeah, dude. Um, those are all, all those bands that came in the wake of like Nirvana's success. Yeah, like, and then they all like, got like diluted. They were like and da- signed days of the new. That was even that was even later because because before that, the, like the second or third wave, there was Silverchair, that band of the immortal lyric, "The water is Some, like, very hard, very to drink. hard yeah. to drink." Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, they were like teenagers though. They were like fourteen-year-old Australian kids. So. Okay. It doesn't. I'm not. It, it doesn't elevate their shitty lyrics to a. Place no. Where I, need I, to I I put more on their A&R guy than I do on them. Very hard to dream. Of course, you're not going to hire somebody to come in and like doctor the lyrics because at that point, in the it like authenticity was didn't matter that it sucked. You know, you didn't get any song doctor to say. Apparently, though, however, in that era of gotta be authentic, and and Ryan knows this, and I may have mentioned this on the show before when we when we played. What I consider to be the worst song of not only the '90s but of the last. Are you talking about "What's Up"? Yes, "What's Up" oh, by Four Blind. Yeah, and the fact that uh, that Linda Perry hired um, Desmond Child, who wrote like Bon Jovi hits and "Living La Vida Loca" and all that stuff, but then also Paul Stanley of Kiss fame to help doctor that song. And of course, yeah. Right. So if you're if you're gunning for authenticity in the mid '90s, it, that's what probably was, not who you hire. What was the Seven Mary Three song? Um, cumbersome. Yeah, I'll become cumbersome. cumbersome. Yeah, I was gonna bring that song up on the show a couple of times, and I rewatched the video, and I was like, it's just not quite as funny and annoying as I want it to be. But well, it, it's appropriately named. Yeah. That is, I can't believe I never thought of that before. Thank you. Yes, it's it's one hundred percent factually true. We we should <laughs> we should just introduce ourselves. Kevin's not here. No, today. Kevin's not here. That's I, I, I thought real quick you were going to try to sneak in, Kevin. Real quick, let's introduce ourselves, Kevin. And then like, no, he he is absent. He's got some work stuff going on. Yeah, so, so it's just three of us. It's the three musketeers. It's true. I know. I, I often have those little little three musketeer bites that oh, they yeah. have here. Little. Oh yeah, the little uh, little, little snack, bites. little snack, little candy, candy bites. The kind yeah. that the receptionist puts on her desk, yeah. you know, like at a, in normal offices. Yeah. Okay, All right. We are uh, not are you? in a normal office. Shane, I'm Ryan. Yeah, I'm Mark. So somebody likes it. Too poor, she's wanna me less and I'm wanna. It's gonna wanna me less and I'm wanting her more. 
Is that more Seven Mary Three? Yeah, yeah, because I'm just seeing like exactly how, and the look on your face gave me everything that I wanted, which is yes, I have officially become very cumbersome Cumbersome. to you. (laughs) It was just you get this look in your eyes when you're annoyed, but you don't want to say anything. It's like this, it's like this glossiness, like an all just. There's no nothing registers in your face, but there's just this like a thousand yard stare right at me. You had that right now. All right. Well, so. I was a huge Nirvana fan, but it ushered in this new era of like people just signing anything that sound like you know, uh, not necessarily aggressive, but like disaffected. Disaffected and, and a little like crunchy. And, yeah, and like a lot of it wasn't very good. Yeah, Seven Mary Three was one of those. There, there, there was another uh, Days of the New. That was one. I can't even remember what his songs. I just remember the guy kind of looked like he. Like he looked like uh, he wanted to be Chris Cornell. Yeah, there was a lot of that like lazy, then, lazy A and R work. And then ultimately, um, it did culminate in and this just this is where it just all this is where they they like rode their fucking motorcycle a hundred miles an hour into a brick wall. Was whenever uh, Scott Stapp. I was gonna say Creed. Whenever yeah, they got into yeah. the picture, and it just. We that, haven't, that stuff does. In fact, we haven't had a Scott Stapp update in a long time. We haven't. I was just now thinking I, I should have, you know, it, I, I, I should. I, I should. Well, didn't he get sober? So he's probably boring now. Yeah, yeah. Well, he does believe that Scott Weiland's ghost is on a, on the tour bus that he would that he would had been renting. But I will. I, I want, and I don't think that this that there's any coincidence into this. But rock and roll as a musical force has really it, it's splintered in one way, but. It's not been a cultural musical force since about 2001, and that's 2000, 2001. That's right smack dab in the height of Creed's popularity. So That is true. I that mean, is, cor- that is... Look, correlation is not causation, and we all know that. You think Creed killed rock and roll? Is that what you're trying to say? Maybe. <laughs> Possibly. Could be. I mean... There are still rock bands out there, but yeah, they're not dominating the airwaves. Well, okay, so speaking of rock bands, we were going to talk about this. Can um, we call this a rock band? What? Oh, oh, no, you're going to talk you're gonna talk about uh Yeah, no, we're not Chester gonna, Bennington. Chester Bennington, right. Um the erstwhile singer of Linkin Park who recently um committed suicide. Um rest in peace. I've I actually don't have anything to really say about. It. I don't really like the rap rock thing at all but no but they took a turn but, for the melodic right later I, on see that's what i was gonna say they were really melodic at what they did and i i kind of like that band it was it wasn't something i was i was gonna their first for. their first couple records or whatever like land smack dab and what we're talking about like the post nirvana yeah. um like aggression and and there was like that new rock like in you with the umlaut with the umlaut right uh but they put out a couple singles later on that i was like do I like them now? I, I I agree with you, and it's funny that we've. This is the first time that we've, we've talked never about talked this. about no, it. No, there was a song that was, and, and, and for the life of me, I can't tell you what it was now. But I was working uh, briefly. I was um, anyway. I'm not getting into that. But when I would show up to work, a, a lot of the people um, that I was managing there would be listening to this radio station, or they'd be listening to certain kinds of music. And I never really liked any of it, but there was one song that kept popping up, and turns out it was a Lincoln Park. Park. Yeah, and I, I know I was so confused because I like was aggre- aggressively aggressively hate- did not like did them. not like them, and then I'm like, 
holy shit, what? Well, and yeah, and so then that then you know, the, so we're talking about the we're talking about how rock is is rock music is not a it's not a you know cultural driving force. I mean that in in the terms of like pop music and pop culture in that way, but I mean this band sold. What fifty million? Re- a lot of records. A, ton. Records, a yeah. lot of records. They were very, very popular. Very he, was, popular. he was forty-one. Yeah. yeah, and so they. I, I I heard an interview with him. I'd heard a few interviews with him. The guy came off like a pretty nice dude, and um, was very good friends with Chris Cornell. He was, and I I don't think that. Well, we'll get to that in a second. But you know, he said that he had seen more than once somebody have his a picture of his face tattooed on their body somewhere, and every time he's just like. That's fucked up to have to do. Like, what a fucked up feeling. And then, you know, he, he puts it in a way like, well, I mean, if, you know, I'm not putting myself in the in the same category as these people, but, you know, you see people with, like, John Lennon or Paul McCartney tattoos, and that doesn't phase you. And that, and that he's basically what he's saying is that they meant a lot to other people, whereas they just felt like not normal dudes, but, you know, just, just like a he, nice, he, just seemed like a nice all-around guy. Yeah, that's the impression I got. You know, even if I wasn't that crazy about the early stuff in their career, like uh, it seems like he, you know, he was uh, a decent dude to know, and apparently was uh, coordinating with uh, Chris Cornell on like some like like uh, sexual abuse issues and whatnot. And so there's a weird conspiracy theory out there, and who knows? Uh, I don't. Well, I don't uh, want to add fuel to the fire on that. Apparently his wife cheated on him, and it was kind of a long-term thing, and had just those chickens had just come back to roost. So I think that entered into it. You know, but who knows behind you know behind the curtain? But he did hang himself as well as Chris Cornell. Did. No, they're very similar circumstances. Apparently, anyway. What are we here to talk about? Oh yeah, <laughs> let's get to that. <coughs> okay, so I picked um, it's Everly time. By the Everly Brothers, um, which would be pretty great if, like, somebody had put out an album called It's Everly Time, and then, like, it, <laughs> and it was by somebody else. Yeah, it would somebody be, else. like, Ray Charles or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so I, I find the Everly Brothers, I believe this album came out, came out in 1961. Um, I find 1960. 60? Yeah. I stand corrected. Um, they, uh, I find them to be very, very... It very much has a foot in the 50s, so... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, But, I mean, you know, if you listen to stuff from, like, 1970 and 71, it very much has a foot in the 60s. Uh, Absolutely. I mean, I don't think, like, in 1959, like, you know, know, whatever, December 31st, 1159. Those damn calendars. Okay, we're going to do – everything changes now. Toss that shit out. Uh, It's 1970. Right. And so so I've been long fascinated by – by this band for a couple of different reasons. One is that for such okay, well, they're so influential to bands that I just love. Simon and Garfunkel, the Beatles, the Beatles not least of which, we were very vocal about it. But you don't and you hear their songs a lot, like Dream or Wake Up Little Susie. You mm-hmm. hear those songs every None of their hits are on this, by the way. Yeah. No, well, they did have hits, but none of the ones that we really know. Yeah. It's got um, to number nine, I believe. The the album did, but they had like yeah. a number two hit on that, and uh, I don't think they had any number ones. But but you don't really know that much about them, other than like apparently they like hated each other and like – Well, later on they did, yeah. No, 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 through their whole career. And they were brothers. Yeah. Is that and right? they were brothers. They Phil, were Phil brothers. and Don. Phil and Don. 
feeling Don Everly. So I don't know, like I wanted to go back. Originally I had picked uh, the best of the Everly Brothers, which was which was an interesting album to pick because I think it only it came out after they had only put out two previous albums. Maybe three of two course. or three previous albums. Yeah. And then this one was the first album that came out after their best you album. You know there's there's a um uh greatest hits for the band Free and guess what it's called? All right now? Yep. Dun, dun, dun. I wish that we had yeah. like one of those things. Like <laughs> Free's a- greatest hits all right now. <laughs> It has just that one song <laughs> over and over again it's for 14 tracks. Yeah. Well, uh, I did bring snacks, so I want you guys to indulge all you like. Oh, um, white bread. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, my friend Nicole encouraged me to bring this. As oh, well. root Lord. beer, A&W. Yeah. yeah, so we've Why got... didn't you bring, like, like scoops of ice cream and, and like, we could have had a well, milkshake? Ice cream, that, oh, ice I've cream got ice cream. That we yeah. shared. Yeah, we can oh, do that. True. We can we can have a whole malt shop kind of show. Uh, I just wanted to say about this album, like you knew what you're getting into the second that like I picked the Everly Brothers to some degree, but I really like. Oh, the sound is great. It sounds so good. I do not think you could have picked a different Everly Brothers album that I would have enjoyed as much as this one. I love this record. I really enjoyed this. I one. I I want to say like I, when I listen to it more times than I've ever listened to anything that I that I or probably I've listened else to it makes. four times now. Granted, we've had a couple weeks off, um, and I think it sounds great, but it's also hilarious. It, it, okay, it is hilarious, but see, but that's the thing about like there, there's such plaintive sadness in the sad songs. That you just like get a little broken hearted, and then it goes back at bum, 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 and it's very oh vibrant. golly gee yeah. Well, let's get into a track. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking too. Um, I think like just in general, there's like I said, there's there's really not a song on this record that I don't like. I mean, I, okay, so you know me, like I don't really like the '50s rock and roll stuff. I do like rockabilly to some degree, but like I don't mm-hmm. really like fifties rock and roll. Um but even that stuff on here, there's just the band is really good. The drumming is great. The the guitar playing sounds great. They sound great. They just they whiten up everything. No, I they they touch. I agree do. with what you're saying, but but I feel like it's so plain well, we'll talk about this. I wanna listen to the the first song, which I think is so sad and, and so beautiful. <laughs> But if you take, are you calling? Uh, are you talking about the song? It, yes, it's so called "So Sad." Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> anyway, let's listen to that one. So sad. All right. We used to have good times together, but now I feel them slip song yes. Shane and, and I like I, I the way this record sounds like I love it so much but I just had a broad smile no like, I, I not no, not with that song that song's just legit fucking great yeah well oh that song also that's the only song that uh, one of them wrote on this whole album um, Don Everly wrote that I was gonna ask about that because we've we've gone over this several times with 
with a lot of this 60s, 70s, 50s, 60s, and early 70s stuff. Like, like well, like the age 30s of the songwriter. Through 50s and 60s, and then the Beatles kind of flipped it around. Right. But the age of the songwriter, the, these people that were just factories of, of lyrics. Brill building. And, right. And yeah. songwriting. They weren't musicians. They weren't performers but they were producing the songs so so we're seeing a lot of that here i'm guessing is what yeah well he that's the only one they 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 wrote other songs and they had some that might be the best song on the record it is the best song on the record i think Um, Um, there's some good ones on here though but even the i mean i was listening to that and i was thinking like okay i get what you're saying like you know it's it's a, some American graffiti knockoff movie, and they're all sitting in the malt shop, and that's the song coming out of the jukebox in the background. It it very much defines an era that whether or not it happened or not, it's all in our minds. Like some girl with a poodle dog skirt, you know, and saddle shoes. It just shit. reminds me of uh, when uh, Marty McFly is, is, sure, that, is about to, like, yeah, evaporate yeah. Uh, in Back to the Future, you know, and, and it, it's, that, it's that sound. But it's a beautiful guitar sound. It is. Um, There's nothing. This I have no complaints with that song at all. Uh, it's just really funny, like how many cliche Donna Reed isms are that's a good way on this it. record. Well, no, I agree with that. But I mean, if you can break it, one of the things. So, Mark, you mentioned this um, about the harmonies on that song, and that's the thing that we really, I think, we need to, we should turn our attention to just a little bit because. Well, that's the start. I would say the guitar and the harmonies are the stars of the show of this entire record. Yeah, I, well, I think the drums too. I'm, I'm actually, I was actually pretty, pretty surprised by how consistently. Uh, I would think, like, damn, this drumming is really good. It's, it's pushed way up to the front, and it, it just. Well, the pro- production's great the production's too. Production's great, yeah. Um, but you know the Everly Brothers, like that song is really that song is great, A plus. But if they only had one of them singing it, it would still be pretty good. But it would go. Oh, way it's a down. good song, but no, their harmonies that's, like sell the the whole record. That's what sells even the the songs on the record that I wouldn't like by anybody really. Like with them on this, I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's fine. I can get I can get behind that, you know. And you, you could say that you could say the same about a lot of Simon and Garfunkel stuff. Yo, you know what, man? So when I was listening to this, I was thinking about how much I love Simon and Garfunkel. Not all of their stuff, but a lot of it. And um, and I love the Everly Brothers. And once you start getting it, I really realize like I really like two part harmonies, and at the most, some three part harmonies that the Beatles do. But once you start getting into those really complicated like Beach Boys, like I thought you were going to say barbershop quartet. Well, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I guess it's just the way that the way that they harmonized. You know, like these were close harmonies. They would just harmonize in thirds here. But once you start getting into like fifths and all kinds of stuff, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know exactly what I'm trying to say. Other than like, I just hate the Beach Boys harmonies, <laughs> and I really like the Everly Brothers. Beach Boys had a really fertile period for about three years in the '60s. It still sounds so. You want to talk about sounding like like. Like, all the stuff that you're talking about, like, how the Everly Brothers sound in here, like, the cliches from the 50s, that's me and, like, and she'll go, bon, 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 da, da, you know, like. The, the thing that this has that away. doesn't have, and it's because of those, I think it's because of everything that you've mentioned. It's the guitar, it's the harmonies, it's the drums, but there's that dynamic. There's a, like, a, there's a there's, melancholy. There's something that happens when when they belt out that that chorus that everything just erupts. Well, uh, it, it's out of the not music. as 
cool. It's a little, it's a little spark. I mean, even if you go listen to like "Wake Up Little Susie," like a pretty jaunty little song. I wish that was on here, man. Because it, um, it, it that sounds... song fascinates me. Because uh, it's okay. They fall asleep in a movie theater together, and everybody is scandalized. Yeah, I don't know that I've ever ever actually listened to the lyrics, but that's great. No, they 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 uh, like uh, uh, it's like. Um, our reputation is shot because they fell asleep in a movie theater together, and uh, all our friends are going to say, ooh, la, la. Well, yeah. Because they stayed out past curfew. That's right. What? I know. Oh. It's crazy town. Well, and I don't, I don't know that we'll cover it, but the, the second song on this album, Just In Case, oh, yeah. the lyrics are fascinating to me. Yeah. It's, it's all about right. a guy like, hey, I might get drafted, and I might go into war, and I might get shot down. And die just in case. Want you to know. Well, hey guys, you wanna? Hey, fuck it. Let's listen to that song. That's a good one. Just like what I enjoyed so much, but you know, like it was just, just funny to me was that uh, the naivete on this record. Um, no more kisses till we graduate. Yeah, but this song in particular, I mean, he's trying to get her to fuck him before he goes off to war. You say you'll give me all your love someday, but baby, that day seems so far away. It's like what's, a, that, what's that it's extreme? A what's that extreme song? More than words. More than words. Same deal. Yeah. Um, if you really love me, you yeah. give me more than words, baby. Give me more than words. But I mean, he says that in the in basically the first line of the song. You say you'll give me all your love someday. Basically, by all your love, that means you know. Why not cuddle up a bit right now, just in case we have to park? Because hey, by the way, I might die here real soon. Well, look. I I, th- I don't think there's a there's a man in America that hasn't said some shit like that trying to gently get your way into a better situation. Fair enough. I don't know. If, I don't know if fair is the word, but like uh, people have said things that have got them a little play. But 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 by but by but by really trying to, you know, not sugarcoat it necessarily, but. I don't know which way I'm... Sugarcoat's actually a really good term for, like, because it's a, it's a little pop trifle of a song. And it's about a guy who's about to go off to war and, and wants his, get... his girlfriend to fuck him. Before he, because he says, hey, by the time I get back, you might be with somebody else. So, you know, That's right. Give me, all, give me all your loving right now. And it's so happy. It's got, it does have a little jaunty... You say no more kisses till we graduate. I say live it up a bit right now. Just, Just in, case. in case we have to part. Yeah. No, I I understand what what all Don and Phil are saying there personally. All right. Is that round round one over? Gonna yeah. Go like uh, we're going to intermission. Uh, yeah. And I'm going to take this it because Kevin's Kevin's out. So uh, we'll come back with uh, You're in a his little, stead. Uh, we'll come back with a few minutes with. 
it's Mark's segment, and I don't want to take take away from him. Um, but I don't I don't want to forget this because I feel like this is a valid question to ask you, Ryan. And and I and I there's a good chance I'm I'm gonna forget. But go on. What exactly the fuck are you gonna do with that loaf of Wonder Bread now? Like I've got a roommate. He eats a lot. He's a construction worker. You probably make like grilled cheeses with them. Sure. Mm. Yeah, I basically bought it for a prop. Um, yeah, I know. That's why I was like, what are you going to do now? You've got to. I actually have like every time I buy bread, I feel like there's like a, a clock that starts because they just go bad before I can actually use mm. all of mm-hmm. the bread. That's why, you know, you get fresh bread and you get a half loaf. Um, yeah. Good to know. Okay. Yeah. I'm just sharing some tips with you. Yeah. Okay. Mark, I, you, what? What well, were you going to say? I'm, no, I'm going to uh, unleash the Wonder Bread to or the Or you roommate. get domesticated and somebody buys you a bread maker, and then you just make your own bread. I like making bread. That's not something that Ryan, I think, would ever... Uh, uh, no. I mean, I look... <laughs> do I look confused? Yeah, he definitely yes. went kind of blank there. The mama pajama rolled out of bed, and she ran to the police station. When the papa found out, he began to shout and he started the investigation. It's against the law. It was against the law. Oh, what the mama saw. It was against the law. The mama looked down and spit on the ground every time my name gets mentioned. The papa said, oh, if I get that boy, I'm going to stick him in the house of detention. Well, I'm on my way. I don't know where I'm going, I'm on my way. I'm taking my time, but I don't know where. Goodbye to Rose and the Queen of Corona. See me and Julio down by the schoolyard. See me and Julio down by the schoolyard. I can't believe we haven't talked about Paul Simon yet. We have a little bit, because you and I were talking about... um, Oh, what's the um, mid-70s song? Anyway, um, we were talking about it off mic, and then we ended up talking about it on mic a little bit, but didn't actually discuss the song. Oh, okay, okay. okay. Um, 50 but, Ways to Leave Your Lover. Oh, yeah, but we've never like, oh, picked, picked one of his albums. I love Paul Simon. Me too. Uh, uh, right up until, and I definitely, not a lot of people necessarily agree with me, but Graceland is where it kind of ends for me. Like, So that's not on Graceland, but it's around uh, Graceland, no, right? No, 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 that out that... Video is not too far from Graceland. That song is actually from the early 70s. But uh, that video was done for like a Greatest Hits compilation, I think, that he did, like in the late 80s. When but it, that song itself came out in 72. And it's got Big Daddy Kane and... Yeah. Uh, Bismarcky. Bismarcky. And then later on, for some reason... Uh, got Mickey Mantle. Mickey Mantle. Well, he's, and, just, uh, he's just got famous New York, like... Yeah. You know. Just everybody they could rope in. To just be uh, in a video, nice pun because there's some really good double dutch well, in there also, as well. Well, also because they were they were in the they were in the at the on the playground and so Mickey you know playing stickball and then it and then they were you know John Madden was also a sports you know, but then also he just was yeah so John Madden shows up later on yeah they covered all the sports, basketball, Fo- stickball, stick and football. football. Mickey Mantle hits a stickball out of the park. That's right. Uh, at age like seventy. Yeah, well, I mean, Paul Simon wasn't, he's probably in his mid-40s by that point. And yeah, he still looks—he still looks sprightly, though. And he's maybe like, I don't know, 2'8". I don't know, <laughs> how tall is Paul Simon? Slightly taller than that, Three, but no, he's a small man. He's he a, is a little, small man, he's and, a he, guy. and he's he's laying out the plays on the basketball court for 
Did I ever tell you that I met Trent Reznor from Nine Inch Nails? No. That guy's like five foot one, maybe. Really? He's tiny. I knew he was short, but that short? He's tiny, dude. Like, I towered over him, and I'm regular sized. Do you think it? No, that's a bad joke to make. Never mind. I'm not going to say anything anymore. But, dude, love that song. Like, I, I absolutely adore that song. Uh, Cecilia, like it's kind of in the similar cadence uh, yes. as that. That's and true. I, I guess I never would have thought of that before, but yeah, they are. Uh, but yeah, thanks, He's Mark. 5'3". Five, five, Paul Simon is 5'3". Five, 5'3", three. Five, three. all right. Well, yeah. While Garfunkel is six foot. So, just... With the fro? <laughs> I think he's 6'4 with the fro. Jesus, see, I knew he was... I didn't even think he was that small, Paul Simon. Well, you know what? Maybe that's why he's such an asshole. <laughs> but he's he, a great... Is he an asshole? Oh, like, oh, legendarily. He's very curmudgeon, curmudgeonly. But a brilliant... Great, so- great songwriter, absolutely man. Absolutely brilliant writer. Um, Dude, his appearance on SNL, like in the first season where he came in in the turkey fuck. costume. The turkey costume, yeah. Yeah. None better. Uh, like, he landed that. No, he, the dude is funny. If you watch him in that video, watch him in the You Can Call Me Owl video. Like, I mean, he can be very self-deprecating. He's, yeah. he's also, uh, You Can Call Me Owl, like with Chevy Chase, who is a legendary asshole. That's yeah. true. Yeah. What is it about? Well, you know, birds of a feather. I guess so. I don't know. Well, that was a good one, Mark. Uh, and definitely, we. you know, I think that's going to that's gonna put the... Put the Paul Simon at some point. I keep wanting. I think every time we talk about it, dude. Oh, I need absolutely pick one. Yeah, I think we should do an album at some point. Simon, Simon and Garfunkel, something like that. All right, but can can we all at least admit as much as I love? Are there are there Garfunkel solo records? Yes, there are. Oh yeah, Um, but I have no idea what that guy sounds like by himself. Yeah, you do. Um, I. He's he did he took a couple of leads and some Simon and Garfunkel, but you might not anyway. But can we just all admit that as much as I love Simon and Garfunkel, maybe Art Garfunkel is the greatest name I've ever heard in my life. Arthur Garfunkel. It's it's, it's a pretty good name. It's, a it's great it's, great name. Wouldn't that be a great name for like a dog? Oh, Arthur Garfunkel. Ar- Arthur Garfunkel. Hey, Arthur Garfunkel. Come here, come here, boy. Come here, buddy. You can just call him Art, but that would be his full name. Okay, let's get back into the show. You know what would be great is like if we like we we learned really quick, really quickly, like how, within how to like harmonize minutes, with how each to other, harmonize with each other, and then had like a three quarters of a barbershop quartet on there for Kevin. When you listen to it as a surprise. And then he, like, with modern technology, he could just lay down his part later. You know, that's not a bad idea. overdub, yeah. Somebody likes, and he would be it. (laughs) That would be his, that would be his part. Fantastic idea. Yeah, I know. Just, it just cousin, doesn't, cousin. Hey, cousin. So, you know what, when I was researching these guys uh, this week, um, these guys being the Everly Brothers. I kind of think they're like the Forrest Gump of music. What, because they were just, like, in all the places? They were in all the little places. They were, like, um, Elvis Presley Jr. Uh, and then, like, subbed in for Johnny Cash in the late 60s on his variety show. Uh, they split off. And apparently they're in the Country Music Hall of Fame, which, huh? 
The um, Beatles referenced them constantly in the beginning of their career. Yeah, but like, how many people do you know talk about the Everly Brothers? That's what I said at the top of the show. That is, yeah. you just almost took. You're just well, trying to fucking steal my thunder now, dude. Well, fine. Maybe maybe that was just in my maybe head. Maybe you but just weren't listening, and you should fucking that's, learn that's to listen. That's also possible. Okay. Uh, what was that movie uh, that came out not too terribly long ago with uh, John C. Riley? It was like uh, Walk Hard, the Duty Yeah, Cop Walk story. Hard. Yeah. yeah, that's kind of like the, that's That makes me think. I have not seen that movie. Okay, so. well, that movie is kind of the Forrest Gunk. gunk the Forrest Gunk of the... Somebody should, should do like a... Somebody should have done like a porno knockoff of Forrest Gump. Oh, like I'm, sure I'm sure that's already called happened. Forrest Gump. Yeah. Um, but you know that was like the Dewey Cox thing. It's kind of exactly what you were just saying, where he just like stumbles onto like various musical. The Beatles are part of that. Elvis and you do Johnny need Cash. to see that movie. God, see, I mean, it's just it's it's just it's just so my my girlfriend ha- my girlfriend has a list of movies that like. Why am I so stupid that I haven't seen them? And that'll probably be added. Yeah. All right. So. Walk, walk hard. Get that on there. Yeah, it's it's not the best movie I've ever seen, but when it's funny, it's funny. When it's hot, it's hot. Oh, well, that'll that's going to come back that, up. In that the will show make an a appearance little a little bit later. Yeah, I don't know. Well, you know, this is. I mean, we. I, I, the, the the hard thing about the Everly Brothers to get to, I guess, at the end of the day, is there's almost nothing that you can find out about them. I mean. I don't know well, why. They, they, oh, did, they didn't like each other. They didn't like each other. They were both speed addicts at the same time. But, I mean, come on. Oh, that was, was true. Uh, yeah, amphetamines. Not methamphetamine, but amphetamines. Right, amphetamine. You know, Johnny Cash was at the same time. Like, you know, apparently all these country musicians, man. They, well, they're not really country, but they're in the country music hall of fame. Country, it, it's, co- it's country politics. There's, there's it's, country it, in there, it, yeah. it's the, it, This is what Chet Atkins, in, who basically signed them, and also plays guitar on a lot of this record. And Chet Atkins was kind of reviled at the time for smoo- taking country music and making the country politan thing, like smoothing it out. And that later became like what you sh- what you hear with Patsy Cline with with all of the the vocal. I think she was dead by this point. Uh, Patsy Cline? Yeah. No, Patsy what, Cline. what year did she die? I don't know. I was gonna say sixty five. I don't know. Find out. But you know, like the same. Same sort of stuff where you you hear a lot of how country music you hear it like in Dolly a lot of Dolly Parton stuff where the strings started getting added and and um, large 63. hair sixty three she died in sixty three okay but so you you hear a lot of that stuff and a lot of that came from Chad Atkins whereas I guess in the I just don't hear any country in this record that's funny I I totally did like well really? those first two cuts I I I felt that there was a fair amount of like uh, I don't know. You would call it this in the '60s or late '50s, early '60s, but it was like progressive country. Have you ever heard? I felt like it was leading into like, like Jolene. Go kind listen. Of I mean, country. The word "country" is such a fucking amorphous thing. But if you go listen to what popular country was in the late '70s, early '80s, like, have you ever heard "There's a Stranger in My House" by Ronnie Millsap? Uh, I actually saw Ronnie Millsap play. It's, you're at not the Astrodome. Uh, so I probably There's have. There's a stranger but it, in my house. I mean, it doesn't even. It's it's more. It's less country than Bob Seger is, but it's still it's number <laughs> one on the country charts in like 1982. So I mean, it's, to say that you don't hear country, it's just it's such a wide. It's the most like amorphous. So so would that be the western part of country and western? No, no, no the western part of country and western died in, in Bakersfield. From, 
Baker, well, Marty Robbins, like, you know, down in the West Texas, you know, that shit, of, that was Western. Town of El Paso. Like, country, like, country and Western, they were still saying it, and, you know, in my lifetime, but I, I really think the Western part died out pretty much, like, a, a while ago. You may be right. I know I'm right about that one. All right, you guys want to do one more of these ones? What did you say? It's, speaking uh, okay, of country. I, okay, I think Nashville Blues is funny. Okay, so Nash. Speaking of country, I mean Nashville. So you know, yeah. Uh, I don't think it sounds anywhere near uh, country. I also don't think it sounds really yeah, well, very uh, okay. bluesy. Well, I don't. Uh, okay, so you. But they're say, trying. What, what, what would you say? Something doesn't sound anywhere near country. I mean, what does that mean? What What is your What is your like archetype here that you're? Talking I don't know, about? man. Uh, I guess in like the the year 1960, I probably would have. Figured steel guitar and there is steel guitar on this album. Where? It's all over. There's a bunch of songs that it's on. I, in fact, I do that. I can tell you his name. Listen it just sounds to me like fifties pop. Yeah, confession. because that's the way it sounds now. That Jimmy Buffett sounds like country music to me at the that, you know now or like stuff from the eighties. But that because that's what it sounds like now. But at the time, that's all been absorbed by popular music. This sounds to me like sitting at the malt shop. Uh, yeah, because that's what we with know. Your uh, best girl. I think, I think that you hit on it earlier with your connection to the Marty McFly scene in Back to the Future, and I, I feel like this in 1960, this was probably pretty progressive. Yeah, it doesn't sound like country country music to me. But to sit here and say that there, that it that it's not touched by country music, this was this was marketed to the country market originally completely. Chet Atkins, Chet fucking Atkins. Is the guy that produced this record plays guitar on it? Signed them. They and only recorded all their stuff in Nashville. Um, it was just the beginning of this of of this thing that I don't know. It was, it's just different than you know, like just as ten ten years before when it was just people playing fucking jugs and shit like in banjos. All stuff. right. Well, uh, Pearl Jam Ten was marketed to the metal market uh, first, and it it died on the vine there, and then they. Uh, reorganized and marketed it to the quote unquote alternative alternative market, were, and it took off. These guys were marketing country a lot of country music into the pop market right when this was happening, and there's a reason why. That's why they they were saying that it was the country politan stuff. The you know you understand what I'm saying, like the the, the city country, not the people living in the mountains. Well, not are, just not just the 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 demographics, but the age group. You look at at the lyrics of these songs, and, you know, we we mentioned that. I don't know if it was on air on the break, but we mentioned how it was very teen-centric, you know, like we're going to be out of high school soon and we got to do it or whatever. But these guys were in their 20s, oh, so in some it's ways, marketing. It, it, it was definitely marketed toward a younger crowd that was more progressive and, and cutting edge of, like, whatever country it was going to become. I don't think it's a country record at all, but it's got definite, definite elements of country music in there, especially not the least of which the guitar sounds and the harmonies, those two-part plane of harmonies. Well, both of those things are the things that won we over on, those, on this record, uh, the guitar sound and the harmonies. All right, well, let's listen to that song, Nashville Blues. All right. Sweet baby 
Nashville Blues. To me, that sounds like a fat domino song sung by the Hardy Boys. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, the, the underlying music is good. The harmonies are great. Um, it's like, you know, New Orleans jazz kind of stuff. You know, I, I honestly, I got to tell you, when we came in and you first started talking about that, like, I agreed with you and I thought that before. But the more you keep going more and more extreme about this, the less and less I understand I agree with you. Like, it's not that funny. I mean, it, it's... I think it's a funny record, man. Um, I don't think it's hilarious. I think it sounds great. I think the compositions are great. But they're so very Donna Reed. I'm going to come Leave in, it to Beaver. You know what? I'm going to come in here with some of that fucking splish splash Bobby Darren ass bullshit. And then we'll fucking hear, like, which one's funnier or not. Like... I agree with what you're saying. I think it is funny, and you are right. About oh, that. golly gee, it's is an funny. actual it's lyric funny, on this record. I know, but like, I guess it's just because you, you, you. Sometimes you just get like this one. It's you're almost like a little hamster. You get this one thing in your wheel, <laughs> and you can't like break out of that or like talk about anything else. It's the only thing you want to talk about. I have talked about other things. I think Very the guitars little. sound just, amazing. I think the harmonies are I, I know, amazing. I know, I know. I think the songs are I really agree, good. I agree with the you. The lyrics this. crack me up, dude. It's a funny record. I agree with that, too. It's just, I wish that sometimes, like... You, I heard it exactly the same way you do? No, that you would have more interesting things to say. You said this, that it was funny just like this when you brought the white bread in in the first part of the segment, and you're such a s smart guy, and I like enjoy having these conversations with you. I wish that you would have more things to say no. other than this is a hilarious Donna Reed album. Like, it's just, okay, we got that a long time ago. <laughs> Let's move on. I don't know what to tell you, man. I don't know. It has nothing the, to do. The, I don't give a shit. Like we're talking about like, Nashville blues. Like the underlying music sounds like it's a, a it's New a, Orleans like I agree jazz song. I, I agree. With and what then you're you have saying. the fucking Hardy Boys sing over it. Like, I agree with what you're saying. And it is funny, and there are funny, very, very funny aspects. I just okay. Like I got it. Like can we talk, okay. let's talk about like you should start bringing in notes again because you're better when you bring in notes. Thanks, man. <laughs> Sorry. Would, anyway, so let's talk about the Bryants here, like uh, the people that wrote that song, because they wrote most of the record, right? Um, I think, they, yeah. I mean, they wrote. They the appear to have written most of 1950s and 1960s music. <laughs> they wrote, they wrote six thousand songs, fifteen hundred of which were recorded. That's a lot of fucking songs to get recorded. That is some success right there. Uh, it looks like they wrote like. Most of the record, as far as like that one single writer or group of writers wrote, right? I don't know. And there's a lot of songs by. I other. mean, they're credited well, but then for. He's there, but then one of his songs is "Budalo," which, by the way, you don't you don't see people with 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 names like that anymore. Budalo, like Budalo or Budro. Yeah, Budalo Bright. Uh, you don't see a lot of those anymore. Yeah, there are a lot of well, quotation marks around people. Uh, what? In this era, and Felice, her name was actually Matilda Genevieve Scaduto when he and, met her. And his and his first name, his his real his full name was Deodorius Budlow Bryant. Was he from Louisiana? Fantastic names, Georgia, Shelman, Georgia. All right, well that's yeah, you got to be from the South if you're doing that. Um, yeah, that's a. I don't know. I don't know much about their about their songs personally, but I'm guessing that there's probably a bunch of shit that I've heard before, like a bunch of fucking. Because they did like all I have to do is dream, 
I mean, that's a pretty famous. Yeah, song. they've got a bunch of a bunch of famous songs uh, that are not on this record, but uh, it looks like it, I, I saw I saw artists as so disparate as Tony Bennett and the Grateful Dead, Bob Dylan, lots of stuff. I oh, they did that song "Love Hurts" by. Uh, that is true. Uh, well, uh, what was it? Um, Nazareth. Nazareth. But wasn't that um, ended up covering that? Who who did that originally? Wasn't it the Everly Brothers? That, was it? Yeah, did it originally. Uh, like, I, yeah, I, we I need just, to. Yeah, we need to do our uh, homework. Yeah, we should do our homework a little <laughs> bit more. I just every time I think of the, of that song, I just think of like uh, it's one of those songs. In fact, Nazareth uh, did not write that though. I, I heard no, the original no, like a couple no, weeks ago. No, I know Grant, that it was Graham Parsons, Emily Harris. Ah, there we go. I knew Na- Nazareth didn't. However, Nazareth did write what is now, was then, and will always remain one of the best songs ever recorded. That's, now you're messing with a son of a bitch. Now Now you're messing with with a son of a bitch. Don't, 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 don't. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's one of the good ones. That was that was the me and Shane See, Everly Brothers type uh, uh, harmonizing. No, I was we gonna, we do not even charge extra for that. Uh, you get that s- free with your subscription. It's cl- it, it was close to like what we were saying. Like the, the we should do the the barbershop quartet, but that was our version of barbershop <laughs> duet. <Yeah>. Barbershop quartet. <laughs> oh, you quartet. All right. Uh, okay, that's, that's the Everly Brothers. I gotta uh, tell you, Shane. I, when when I first heard Everly Brothers, I cringed, but this was a good result. I, I enjoyed this album. I kind of cringed too, and I, it, it started off so strong. And the, the, you know, the I think when I listened to it a bunch more, there were definitely some songs that I skipped through more than some of the other ones. That one was definitely one of them. But um, but I think top to bottom, it's pretty rock solid. And I would definitely drink it in my malted, sh- in my local uh, malted shop. Yeah, we're gonna have to break out the ice cream and have some uh, root beer floats. Here. Goddamn right, man! I've got the Wonder Bread to go with it. Uh, I also oh, have, that sounds awesome. I you also, also have, have I also have the new song th- uh, this week, uh, and it's by a band that Shane actually texted me about maybe two years ago, and then I never what really band? always. Oh yeah, with two all, V's. Always, 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 always. Uh, they've got a new record out um, And uh, a single from it Called Undertow And there is an accompanying video So we should go check that out Yeah. yeah, well, like you, like you, drunk texted me, and, and literally it was like. But well, we two talked about it later, many, many times after then. 
Yeah, uh, but I'd never really like further investigated them. But I, I really love that. But it's like if, if I ne- drunk text you, it means it's good, and you need to I know, to it. I know, I, I don't always follow up on that stuff, and that is on me. But it's like if Nico Case uh, fronted a shoegaze band. Mm. Yeah, it's every, it's it's it's. It's it's all the female fronted mid nineties bands. It, that I it, love it hits so much. all our little buttons that you and I both share. There's a lot. I'm of, right there with you hey, too. Guy, like <laughs> right if there's now, a formula for for the music that I want to listen to. It, it's, that is, that's definitely part there of it. There it is. There's a lot of really good um, in the last within the last couple of weeks, last month or so, great albums, female fronted Canadian bands that have come out. Are they Canadian? They're Canadian. Yeah. They're from yeah. Toronto. Um, Didn't the double V's give it away? Feist. Feist just put out a new record, uh-huh. which is pretty good. What's Metric doing these days? Do we know? Well, Emily Haynes just put <laughs> Emily Haynes and Metrics just put a new put out a new single, but I don't think they've done a new album yet. And Broken Social Scene just put out a new record, um, which Feist and Emily Haynes both sing on. Um, so yeah, good. Nice. Good month for, for, <laughs> yeah. for Canadian female fronted Canadian female fronted bands. But yeah. Uh, and also, uh, apparently, a good month for like a uh, '80s video editing. Oh, oh the, yeah, what was yeah, the '80s, '90s video feedback uh, editing stuff? Well, so here? it was yeah. obvious that the bands were very amused by the the monitors feeding back because they were playing with them sometimes without right. know, supposed to be playing with they them. They just like took old technology and had a lot of fun with it. Well, everything is, is, old is new again, Ryan. Goddamn right, man. Hey, man, like uh, cassette tapes. Like, there are labels formed around cassette tapes now. Yep, that's true. You know, yeah. the thing is that the the, I, the who, <laughs> who makes cassette tape players anymore? Because because vinyl never really went away. Um, but cassette tapes really went away. Well, I mean, there, oh, was, no. there was a reason they were they were made obsolete. I mean, yeah, but vinyl, but vinyl, there was always not even just the you know, we always had the, the vinyl audio files. Right. But but records. Don't or t- tapes degrade so quickly right. and so easily? Oh, I, I I've had like records by when I say records, I mean like you know the album or whatever album, on LPs. on cassette that I had to buy like three times because they just break and yeah. like fucking. We, make live, a we little... live in Texas where it gets over a hundred degrees for eighty days out of the summer. And they and get warped and they whatnot. warp and you got to. And then they sound like Mac DeMarco. And, yeah, yeah. I mean the same thing. <laughs> the same thing. <laughs> The same thing can happen, of course, to vinyl if you leave it in the back seat of your car. Oh no, no! My friend Chris absolutely did not. I, when I, I'd never loaned him all of my Morrissey twelve inches in high school, and he absolutely did not put them in the back windshield <laughs> of his car, and they absolutely did not warp. Yeah, yeah, and, and you that, absolutely and could have just your, gone and bought those all on one record. Uh, yeah, but you're in high school, so you're into collecting. Sure. So, yeah, good song. Thank yeah, you really that. good selection. I'd actually completely forgotten about that band. I, I like that record they put. It was like three years ago. Um, I like that first record. Quite yeah, you sent me something at like three a.m. Yeah, and because I, and I, I knew kept you meaning to get around to it, and like you were right. Well, it just took me three years it's to because get to like it. like I'll I'll sometimes I'll just stay up and 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 go online and listen to little clips of bands that sound like they might be interesting, and when when one really strikes my fancy. I'll send it to that you. That was one that you were like, dude, you're going to love this. And I because like, I knew yeah. you would love it. Yeah. Uh, so anyhow, um, I do have next week. Yeah, what's what's going on next week, Ryan? Jerry Reed, man. We got a long way to go. 
And a short time to get there. Uh, actually, we're going to be doing the record uh, uh, when you're hot, you're hot. Which is true. Because, I mean, but let's think about like how many entendres there because he could be talking about like gambling. He could just be like admitting that that woman, hey, when you're hot, you're hot. You know, like there's many different, there's many different uh, entendres you yeah. could. Like, could be straightforward. You know, yeah. When you're hot, you're when hot. It, when it's hot outside, you're hot. You're hot. When you're right. not, you're not. Right. When uh, you're when you're if you're in Texas and and it's August second and you're outside in the middle of the day. You know, you're hot. I just know that I've never heard a Jerry Reed song I didn't like. I also have never listened to a Jerry Reed album. Well, so that so that's there's some country right there. We'll go do go do some country some actual some country. country music. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, so Kev, kids, you want to get on out? Who? How are we going to get out today? Kevin's not the, here. The empty chair over there. Yeah, we'll just like there he is. That was Kevin. Yeah, we poured one out for him. Yeah, I'm Ryan. I'm Mark. I'm Shane. And this is Somebody Likes It. BlueWhatOfUs.net has been your one-stop shop for all things geek for years. But there's a side to them many of you have never heard. The subscription side. Subscribe and listen to great podcasts like The Breakfast Pub, The Original Gentleman, and the Watch a Movie With Us series. Head on over to oneofus.net. And don't forget your towel.